Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Remember when I was little? When I used to have bad dreams? I remember. You remember what you used to say? When you would hold me in the dark? Would you say it to me now? In the end, this shadow is but a small and passing thing. There is light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. Find the light, and the shadow will not find you. Rhode Island, welcome to the Rings of Power with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the Rings of Power on Amazon Prime Video, so sit back, relax, and let's chat the glory of the Second Age. Welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I'm going to tell you something, Mary. What? I'm never going to live next to a mountain. Ne- not once, not ever. Not the 0.0 chance. Never not once. I mean- Because you don't know what's going between- on. <laughs> now we do, Blake. You don't know what's going on we with these mountains. scientists. Way too many things seismologists. happening. seismologists. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Tell no. them people in uh, wherever that with the latest- uh, uh, Volcano exploded. Oh my gosh. Like those people on the cruise ship. Yeah. You hear about that? No. Oh my God. It was like a Royal Caribbean cruise. Okay. Google this while I'm chatting it. Say, look up cruise ship volcano. They took them. <laughs> no joke. Just Google it. You're right, going to see. Gonna cruise Google. ship volcano. All right. I'm going to Google right now. It was now. one of the cruise ships was like, hey, we're going to this volcano. It's going to be great, friends. Be awesome. It might be like New Zealand or I don't know. You're going to find it in a second. Click news. I'm telling you, friends. So they go on the tours and they get the little boats and everybody, ooh, we're going to go to this island. Let's go to, let's go to Mordor. Yeah. Okay. The Southlands. No. Okay. So they go and they think it's super fun. Oh, yeah. It was a and New was Zealand like a, volcano yeah, eruption. See? Told you. And then they said, oh, it's like level four. And level five is super bad, but we could still do this. So they take all these people up. 18 people were killed. Yes, Blake. This just happened this year. Oh my God. And they go and the flipping thing explodes. People are covered in dust, just like you saw Galadriel looking at, but except it was like Royal Caribbean peep tourists. (laughs) And... And then the people, like some people were making their way back to the boat and then they had to call choppers. Get to the chopper. Yeah. And the choppers come, except they can't land because it's freaking hot because it's a volcano. These people are just melting away. Yes. 
This, this is why you don't go near mountains. And then the closest hospital was super far away. It was so bad. That's why you don't go near mountains. This, That's why I ain't ever living near a mountain. You don't know what's no, going on. They in knew it was where a volcano. Where them scientists? Where are them scientists? I'm just saying, don't go. Where they're like, hey, an guy, volcano. don't go near that thing. You feel like there's a whole boatload of people, literally a boatload of people, careening towards this simmering volcano, and they're don't like, yeah, go on those expeditions. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. Fun fact, friends. Blake and I, we love to go on cruises. Love cruises. And when people are going on the little tours, we stay on the boat. Yeah, man. You get the whole run of the ship. Whole ship's mine, suckers. I mean, do whatever I want. Suckers to these poor souls who actually died. But I'm saying, like, when you go. Well, I bet you then people that stayed on the boat lived. Blake, it was like their family that died. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that, but you were smart staying on the boat. Oh, my God. Well, (laughs) they should not have done that. Sending all of my heartfelt things, but this happens. T's and P's. Totally T's and P's. Okay? <gasps> but always stay on the boat. Always. Because you get you get to do you don't get to wait in lines for nothing. You get all the special rides. You get all the food very easily. It's 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 remarkable. It's a, it's such a great little tip. But I'm never li- living near a mountain. You don't know how many you don't know if orcs are digging below that thing. You don't know if there's a body of water that's gonna get injected into the hot magma. And make the whole thing explode. Well, now we know. Now you know. All right. So now that that all of you have probably Googled this poor tragedy in New Zealand, which is bananas. It's it's just bananas to me that this can happen with seismologists and all those kind of. Yeah, I know. (sighs) So anyway. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) I'm giving you a heads up, friends. This is a rare podcast, and you've already made it this far, okay? So even if you're new to Blake and I, you've hung out with us for five hours at least. At the Prob- very least. At the probably, very it's, least. It's, it's probably more like eight. So every once in a while on a Mary and Blake podcast, we cut loose, we do things differently, and as of right now, it is 10.38 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we are getting on a plane to go to Disney World in a few hours. <laughs> Literally hours. <laughs> So I said, Blake, he said, what do we need to do? And I said, you got to do the dishes in the dishwasher. I'm going to pack up my toiletries. No, you're going to say it right. Dishes in the dishwasher. Dishes in the dishwasher. And I'm going to pack up my toiletries and we need to go down to the studio because we need to pop out a podcast. <laughs> this is the beauty of having a studio in your home. Blake was sick this weekend when yes. we would have normally podcasted. Yes. So here and then we yesterday was just crazy busy. Because we're trying to get ready to go. So rather than have us do it totally remotely, which is what might end up happening for House of the Dragon, those people might get a low quality podcast. That's exactly what's going to have to happen. You guys get a high quality one. Yes. While I eat fudge. <laughs> uh, I think that is the Panucci, my love. All right. Panucci's the best. Panucci, I'm going to say top top two fudge. Top two. Okay. You know what? We're podcasting, friends. Here we go. You're not, you're not even going to ask me what the top one is? I don't even care. You don't even care? No, I don't. How do you not even care? Who has top fudges? Like, fudge is fudge. Just there's a, there's eat it a top happy. five for everything. You got to have a fine. top five like, for everything. What is your favorite fudge? Chocolate. That's stupid. <laughs> Why is that stupid? It's a good Can classic I play the fudge. sound clip that I made you add. Which one was that? Oh. <laughs> May, play it. You're basic. <laughs> 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 Blake, you are. Uh, how am I basic? It's a classic no. veteran All set. fudge. All set. Especially if you get a little sea salt on there. No. Oh, forget about it. 
Not on. Blow your doors off. That's different if you're adding sea salt. It's a little. I'm saying. Okay. But let's that's why I'm saying the Panucci's top come two. Come on. Let's talk about Ujun. Okay. Dead. <laughs> oh, whoa, Death. whoa. Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa. Let's go. Whoa, we got um, a process. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Oh, nope. <laughs> that's for. <laughs> you can tell it's 10 30 at night, ladies and gents. That was for House of the Dragon. This is what we need to play. Much better. Give me some heart foots. Because they ain't in this episode. Mm-mm. Is this a Camelot? Sure, why not? I'm going to have to read this blog. Why not? You don't even know what a Gamelon is. Couldn't tell you. Like, I went to Bali for three months to study the Gamelon. Did I go with you? No, I So then went why would I know what a Gamelon is? Because I left the country that... <laughs> I, like, le- I went to the opposite side of the world to go Did study- I go with you? <laughs> Just tell me that Panucci's the top two fudge and we'll be good. I don't even know what a Panucci is. It's actually brown sugar. That's what it's made out of. Push your basic again. <laughs> You're basic. Okay. <laughs> what are you like? Chocolate and sugar. <laughs> might be. That might be at least the top three sound I think, bu- sounder. I, think I need my own sound button because I'm going to be pushing it on you all the time. Can Can I please do my thing? Go right ahead, my love. What do we got for the mini plot episode recap? You know, I forgot to do it, friends. So here's the thing. Oh. Here's what happens. Okay. Um. The horses save the day, but not really because it all blows up. <laughs> and you know what? Waldrig has the key. He had. He does have the key, and he makes it happen. He probably blew up too. Uh oh, good question. Good question. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they were closer. Yeah. He must have ran. He must have had a scooter, like one of those segways. Or maybe he was on the back of a orc. How did he get there so fast? It took those people like a half day to get from their town. Because this was the same town. Right, but... Waldrick's old. How did he get there that quick? Perhaps the the length of the travel time was elongated because they had a big horde of people. You know, one person can travel faster than a group of people. When did Waldrick get fast? He looks, you know what? Sneaky fast. Sneaky fast. I, I feel like that it's, guy. You know, you know what it is? He, what? It's the power. Yeah. He, prob- he probably shoved that hilt into his arm yep. and felt the power that Theo was talking about. All right, right. let's get into this. Okay, Come on. well, all right, all right, oh, yeah. all right. That's, that's, my, that's my quick summary. Thing explodes. Horses try to save the day. Horses are probably dead. <laughs> great recap, Mary. Great one. I'm Thing usually explodes. much better. All right. The title People of this know. episode. If they listen to this in the future, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's that yeah, one. That's, the, that's when Mount Doom happens. Yes. Okay. Uh, hashtag spoilers. Uh, the title for this episode was Udun, which is uh, the, the like, the, uh, what's it called there? Death. It's the. Or is that Nampat? Nampat is death. death. Yes. Udun, isn't that home? It means hell in... Oh, but they're home. Yeah, but they're home, <laughs> yes. 
However, uh, it, it can refer to a couple of different things from the mythology. It is the name of one of Morgoth's strongholds, also called Untumno, a particularly hell-like place. And Gandalf referred to the Balrog of Moria as a flame of Udun. It is also a valley in northern Mordor. And since the Southlands is the area which will become Mordor, it is probably the valley in which most of the people, uh, most, of, most of the episode rather, takes place. Uh, and that would make sense, obviously, because of the flooding of the valley and then the volcanic eruption. Um, so that is that. That is the episode awesome. title. The director was Charlotte Brandstrom. Now, Mary, you should actually know this name. You want to know why? Sure. Because Charlotte Brandstrom, Brandstrom, a uh, fantastic director, has directed two episodes of uh, Outlander. Did a far She directed Uncharted and... Mm-hmm. The Bakra. Okay. So Uncharted was the one with Claire walking around the island. I know, Blake. Oh, okay. We, I'm just all of us Outlander fans, we know which I, one that one was. And I actually happen to quite like all the walking around. I know all the Outlander nerds did like Not it. Not all. Some. I'd say most I would say a clear ninety. The louder ones. Yes. Uh, and then obviously the Bakra. Oh, with Galus and the blood. Yeah. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> Oh, man. She's also got some other stuff in here, too, where she is directed. Um, she's directed some episodes of Grey's Anatomy, as well as Tyrant, uh, Chicago PD, and also Madam Secretary. Oh, and the show, one of my secret best shows uh, in the past decade or so, Counterpart, which is a great show on stars. She's also directed The Man in the High Castle uh, and The Witcher, as well as The Out. Cider. So Charlotte Brandstrom making herself known in the higher end spectrum of television uh, and especially, of course, obviously with Outlander as well. Now, the writers for this episode. Now, normally, Mary, uh, we have we have four writers for this episode. And normally when I see four writers, I'm thinking, ooh, this is a problem. Oh, and I say that because. Normally, when you have multiple writers, you have a bunch of people putting too in- Too many cooks in the kitchen? Way too many cooks in the kitchen. Okay. Everyone's got different ideas. Everyone's putting something in. So people are rewriting it. You know, it, And it's especially true in film. If you see a bunch of writers for a, for a movie, that is usually, not always, but a good 90% bad. Though, in this case, uh, I think it worked out. We have four writers. We have Nicholas Adams, which is his only real television credit. He's only written a documentary prior to this. We also have Justin Doble, who wrote the last episode. And then the showrunners, John D. Payne and Patrick McKay. The, the difference, I think, at least in television, is that normally you have a writer's room of television. These these are people who all work together, uh, who all... Um, are, are passing ideas off of each other. Scripts are being passed around being like, Hey, take, take a look at this. Could you take a swipe at that? And sometimes there are edits that go uncredited, you know, but in this case, each of these writers had contributed enough to this script where the, the writer's guild, the WGA would say, okay, a certain percentage was written by these four people. And they, each of these four people deserve specific writing credit because of the work and the amount of work that was put into the script. So that is why you see four writers for this episode of television. Marvin, your rings rating. What are you giving episode 106? 4.9. Yeah. Okay. Almost a five, but not. Uh, why not a five, Mary? Believe it or not, I don't like the cliffhanger. 
Really? Because I've been to Pompeii, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I cannot handle watching this knowing that all these people would die, mm-hmm. but I know some of them don't die. Like, this is the beauty of us knowing the future. We know Isildur's going to make it, Elendil's going to make it, Galadriel's going to make it. We know that they three are going to live. Right. So they can't die in this volcanic ash storm, but I know what happened in Pompeii. They all croaked. Yeah. Well, that doesn't that doesn't mean that a lot of other people won't croak. Oh, I bet a lot of people will. I'm just saying that I don't see how humans would live. Yeah, uh, and this is a fair criticism, Mary. And this is what this is what we call prequel disease, right? Like, or prequel syndrome, where you know where this is all going to end up. Mm-hmm. So the natural tension that is created, like if you didn't know that Galadriel lived when the, the the cloud of flame just envelops her, you'd be wondering, oh my God, did she just really die? I mean, I was wondering the whole time, is Arendir or Bronwyn or Theo going to die Totally because of fair. That? So loved it. But that was the only thing is I did not actually like the cliffhanger, which is rare for me. Fair enough. I'm going to give this one a 485. I liked this episode quite a bit. And it largely has to do with the direction from Charlotte Branstrom. No, no surprise there. Uh, what I like about it is the fact that there is a clear love for Peter Jackson's filmmaking in this episode, especially with the battle scenes, uh, the fight scenes, uh, the, the use of slow-mo, which is the proper use of slow-mo in this case. Uh, but it's also enough of its own visual language to distinguish itself uh, for its own DNA, its 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 own storytelling uh, ability, and in particular, the the sequence with Arendir when he's fighting the big orc, there is enough tension there where you don't know what's going to happen to him, and with the, the 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 sword right next to his eye. Like you don't you don't see that quite often in Peter Jackson's filmmaking. All I kept thinking about is don't play with pencils. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> just just stay away from um just stay away from pencils in the eye in the eye. Like how I don't want to live near mountains. Just stay away from pencils. <laughs> you know what's wild? What's that? House of the Dragon lost an eye too. That's true. This is the eyeless. Episodes. You know, it's really funny how how much these shows are mirroring each other. I wonder if there's a mole. You know what you guys should do? You should totally have episode six be the eye episode. Because <laughs> that's what I heard they're going to do. We'll see who has the better eye. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good question. And you know, Mary, the funny thing is, too, and, and I think in the mirroring of these episodes, you know, and, and this is a conversation for fans of, of both shows. I think the things that Rings of Power does exceptionally well, um, House of the Dragon is kind of lacking. And the things that House of the Dragon does exceptionally well, Rings of Power is kind of lacking. Yeah. Like if you had if you had both shows and you put them together, you I think you would have one terrific show. And 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 my estimation is like the scope of Rings of Power is enormous. But the 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 narrative and the character work is lacking, whereas the scope of Rings uh, of House of the Dragon is smaller, and it hurts it a little bit. But the narrative is spectacular. Yeah. So it's just it's funny how 
these show these two shows have come out together at the same time. They're both natural competitors, uh, in distinct still... competitors, and they're just like they're 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 mirroring each other in many yeah. ways. I'm still Rings of Power. You're still choosing Rings of Power over House of the Dragon. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. All right, what do you got for your GBG? You're good. You're bad. And you're great. Adar. Adar. How do we say his name? Adar. Sure, why not? Ada. Ada. I love him. Your cousin from Boston. It's good to be bad. It is good to be bad. And, and the funny... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I uh, am I'm rooting for him in this episode in ways I didn't know I could. What do you mean? I'm rooting for a bad guy a little bit. But Ooh. he just... He pulled at my heartstrings a little... Um, Talking to the orcs like they're his family, getting a little bit of his sad backstory that he was made in mockery. Um, he was tortured and just like disfigured by, by Morgoth. What I love is he does, you know, the the seeds in the beginning and he gets his wish. His wish is that the sun goes away. <laughs> and I loved that because that is what... The Queen Regent's father said, is all that waits for you there is darkness. Yes, absolutely. And Adar made darkness happen. Well, so I, that's I'm, my good. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to okay. keep going. In I'm just on that here one. for him. I think it was great. All my right. bad. <clears throat> <sighs> okay, I have a little bad and then a big bad. Can right. we just tie it? Uh, you can tie it. Let's tie it. Okay. My little bad. Sure. Isildur throwing a perfectly good apple. Out to sea. <laughs> you don't know what awaits you in the Southlands. You don't know if there's going to be food. He takes one bite, yeah. pretends to feed it to his horse. Why? Well, yeah, nope. Look at it in slow mo. Horse don't take a bite. And then he goes he gave upstairs. Give it a little bit of a nibble. No. He goes Wait, upstairs. What, what was it? What was that again? <laughs> okay, good. And he walks up the stairs, takes one more bite. Once again, perfectly good looking apple. Looked like a gala to me. Yeah. Good size. Yep. Those apples are apples uh, are important. I'm a honey crisp man myself. He throws it. Just like the what? lady in Titanic. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> throws it to the bottom of the sea. He could have <laughs> saved it and planted apples trees uh-huh. like like Johnny Appleseed. Mm-hmm. He could have shared it. Maybe Galadriel was hungry. <laughs> Maybe he could have given it to some of his friends. They are going to battle. You should have a good breakfast. That's true. It's the most important meal of the day. <laughs> um, so that was my mini bag. But you know what? You got the horse slobber all over No, it. I don't care. I think- If the horse slobber's on and I ain't touching As if it. I didn't not like Isildur enough, this apple thing, I'm done with him. <laughs> it's the done. apple that If doesn't... I didn't already know that he becomes a selfish little- Whatever. Mm-hmm. This sealed it for me. Wow. He's wasteful. Yep. Wasteful. Prodigal son, if you will. No. Prod- yeah. I'm not even going to let you come back. You're done. I'm done. Prodigal oh. sons means you let them come back. He, well, no, it's the son who wastes everything and then comes back. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying no. Oh, okay. You're done. I would be the dad that would say, you snooze, you lose. I already gave you an apple. You're the fool that threw it. Fair enough. Okay. Gotcha. <sighs> My real bad? Yep. What's the real? What's the big bad? Galadriel. Wow, you're out on all the protagonists today, huh? You're in on the evil and bat in and out on the good. Why is she bipolar? Like she is like, oh, I'm gonna kill you. What, Gladry? What? <laughs> Wait, what was she like? She, you heard it. She became Gollum. She Gollumed out a little bit. 
Not appropriate, Galadriel. Mm -hmm. Not appropriate at all. Like, this isn't Sauron. If this was Sauron who killed your brother, like, I could kind of appreciate it. What are you doing, you fool? And Adok called called her out for it, too. Yeah. He's like, you're just as bad as me. Yeah. I I think I might not be the only elf here that's been twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Big deal. Look in the mirror, girlfriend, just because you got prettier hair than me. (laughs) Got extensions and stuff. Nope. (laughs) And then migrate. How do you how do you call the place Osifirth uh, or whatever? Osterith. Osterith. Uh, not Osfirth. No, Osfirth <laughs> from the Last Kingdom. It's ten thirty at night. Oh, by now. No! It's 11 and I have long COVID, so this is like three days not sleeping for. Osfirth though is going to be in House of the Dragon. Fantastic. <laughs> for this elven fortress to have a self destruct mode. Because that was put in place. They've had those like things, those boards holding that tower up. Arendir knew what to do. He had a plan right away. To me, this was self-destruct mode that Arendir and his buddies had to practice like a fire drill. Nope. Time out. Time out. What? No. Why? Wrong. Because this Osterith was built by Morgoth. Yeah. Yeah. So why couldn't they alter it and make it also self-destruct because they didn't know the, they would, the hilt was always missing they didn't they never had the hilt he didn't know i'm not talking about waldrick i'm saying when arendir is alone in the fortress and the orcs oh, come in oh okay sorry sorry and All right, my fault he he has the tower collapse on them gotcha that's okay. what i'm saying is like self-destruct mode gotcha. there and I thought it was so brilliant because you could tell that he knew exactly what to do. And to me, yes. he practiced this like a true soldier fire drill aspect for those of us who are not soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know, you just drill it into you so you know what to do. It's okay, everybody, get out. I'm going to trap them in here. And then I'm going to shoot my little arrow into the spot that I was told to shoot. The way that this was shot, by the way, spectacular. Agreed. I mean, just... Uh, it, I don't think you could get more fluid. Yeah. And uh having having a specific awareness of where everything is in relation. Oh, so good. That is when you know you have great direction. If you can tell where everything is in relation to each other yeah. and have a have a strong base in in where your perspective is and keep the camera moving. Yes. Excellent stuff. And if you have not yet googled Arendir, the actor in Sesame Street and you rewatch this episode and you know that he started on Sesame Street. <laughs> and now he's doing this. Mary, I'm not going to lie. You've kind of ruined Aaron. Elmo for me. is proud. No, I am so proud of this actor. No, because all I could think of is friggin' Big Bird when no, I watched this guy. He basically, they had like an American Idol casting call. Yeah. And he won it for Sesame Street. No, I, I get it. I'm not saying that the guy ain't talented. I'm he's just super saying. talented. When, it's I like, it's like watching sing. Jamie's Adam's Apple in, in Outlander. I now. hope he sings. That's Maybe all he'll meet him. But just watch him when he's doing these like these moves, and you just know that this actor, who we really didn't know, we didn't know him before Rings of Power. No, not at all. It's because he was on Sesame Street. <laughs> and you know the casting director said, what? Sesame Street kid? And now if you look what he wears, he is Mr. Fashionista. Oh, I bet. He is, well, <laughs> you got to start with Elmo. <laughs> All right, my good. I have a tie, Mary. I oh. have a tie. And <clears throat> I love the fact that 
there was this moment for Elendil when he's talking with Galadriel uh, about the sunset and the sunrise. And uh, he says, it's strange for most of my life. I looked east to see the sunrise over the sea and west to see it over the land. Uh, and he says, we're sailing into the dawn and it feels like the coming of night. And of course, this is a great setup. Um, and I would dare say, I, I would dare say foreshadowing uh, also uh, of what's to come at the end of this episode. Because again, the, how you begin your episode is really important. Uh, and it's also important how you end your episode, right? Because that tells you the, mm -hmm. the, the story. It, te it tells you uh, the journey of where the episode, of where your characters have begun the episode and where they end. Um, and we, we also have this tied up too with the, the, the little poem, I guess, that Bronwyn tells Theo that, which is what we played at the top of our episode. And it's important, uh, to me that this little story is in here and, and, and they keep going back to the light and the dark and how they relate to one another and where that's and what it does for the story overall. But what's even more important, Mary is how he ends the story because he tells you about the sun setting and the sun rising because it was an answer to a question that Galadriel asks, which is his mother, what happened to her? And he ends the story by saying she drowned. This was your good. Yes. Ex yes, so bad. No, I th this was excellent. How does a Numenorean drown? What do you mean? That should be a core skill. Swimming. You live on an island. <laughs> Good point. Core skill. <laughs> but I, I liked it because it, I think there's more to her drowning. Oh, I think so too. But I, I liked this because it, it was a setup uh, clearly. But it, and, and again, I dare say a foreshadowing for what was to come uh, for, uh, you know, for the Southlands and for all the people that are there in, Mount, in the formation of Mount Doom. Excellent, really excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. My bad. How did nobody throughout this entire episode check to see what was in the wrapped up uh, bag here? What do you mean? Uh, I know what you're talking about, but like, when would anyone have had time? What, it doesn't matter. When, when whenever, the, whenever they get the bag back from Adar, yes. the first thing you should do is be like, "Hey, what the hell is this?" Because nobody knows what it is yet at this point. Like, they just go find it. Yeah, Aaron Deer says, "Please don't let him leave with that." Right, you and they just go. Yeah, I think Halbrand and Gladriel are like the less I know, the better. You know, I don't not know. My problem, I, I man. just, I'm, I, when I, when the first thing I would have done was like open that thing up to make sure that like this is something that is clearly. They don't even a, know what it would be. But it's clearly like an issue. If they just saw it, it was like an, an X. But then they're more. They'd be involved. like, well, you know what? This doesn't feel right. If That's you just not saw what they're an there axe, for. That's not what they're there for. They got to go save people. They have other things to do. Agreed. But then they bring it back to the, they bring it back to the whole thing. Yep. And I, would, I wouldn't. Everyone's have just walking around. I would not have looked. What do you think, Aaron? Deer would be like, "Hey, give me the thing. Give me. The, I got to make sure that this is the thing." He's making sure that Bronwyn's not dead. Uh, he can do. He can multitask. No, he can't. He can totally multitask. He's an elf. I listen. If this was Theo, I I would agree. He's an elf. I gotta tell you, 
as a Gryffindor, I wouldn't have checked it. I would have, don't let that guy run away with it. Okay, cool, bad guy. Going to save the thing. Cool. Let me go check on everybody. Absolutely not. You got to like check the thing. It's not like it's a baby. Thing. It's not like you ran away with a baby and I need to make sure a baby's okay. Doesn't matter. Like if, if that's the thing that Adar wanted and you nosy. got it back. I'm not nosy. And it was like a big deal. And you know what this thing is. Like, you know that if like you stick it in your arm, that turns into a sword and the they whole thing. They don't know that. Yes, they do. Cause Theo told them. They don't know. Galadriel and Halbrand don't know. I know. But once they bring it back to the whole town, everybody's just, wee, yay, we win. Wee, here's the drinks. And let's get some food. Let's they set up some tables. They don't want people to touch that creepy thing. I know, but Arendir should have looked. It was his orders that were like, go get the thing. He just professed his love uh, and used his Afrin aspirin. Out, 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 out. All right, my other good was that uh, the slow-mo. Wait, how did you just say this was a good? Oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, no, no. Wait, I, what was- uh, I was supposed to say my good before this. My other good, uh, that I'm was the so tie. I'm so confused. What are you, was that a good or a bad? So, no, that was a bad, but I forgot <laughs> to give you my second good. It's 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 11.05 p.m., ladies go. and gents. My other good was the, the fact that the slow-mo- We're slow falling mo, apart like the tower. <laughs> the the slow-mo was fantastic. Oh, because did you know why? Why? Who were we focused on? A main character. An elf. Uh, yes. There were two moments of slow-mo, one when we were focused with Arendir, one when Galadriel's seeing what's happening. And that was our focus point. I'm telling you, the slow-mo's happening when we're focused with an elf. Uh, oh, good point. Good point. But I just in terms of visual language itself, the slow-mo was great because things were happening that were dramatic in and of themselves. People dying. People getting shot with arrows, horses riding. They're making a point to show these Galadriel, like coming off off of the saddle and She's like, doing Matrix moves. Yeah, going straight Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Going straight Trinity uh, and doing the whole thing. Excellent, there excellent is no spoon. Excellent, <laughs> there is no spoon. Mm-hmm. Excellent use of slow mo. All right, my my great though. Uh, once again, I I think I have a tie. Uh, surprise, surprise. I just have to say this, Adar. I mean, Adar is excellent. And I love the actor who plays him. I love the fact that every time you think that this, this, that this dude is bad, he gives some kind of contradiction. And he gives some kind of, um, he gives some kind of, humanity to all of his actions that seem to make his reasoning for doing what he does like understandable you know what he reminds me of what he reminds me of the pickpocket uh lock guy from the second so what was that episode eight of star wars who says you guys think you're the good guys oh yeah 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 yeah. but everybody's fighting yeah where do you think all this stuff came from? Yep. You know, and he's saying like, some, some, you guys still kill too. Yep. Just because you're on this side doesn't mean you're right. Right, exactly. And then, you know, it, it, this then ties back to what he was saying to Arendir when he was like, there have been so many lies. I feel like what we have to do is just burn the whole thing down in order for you to even understand the truth. Like there's just too many roots in all of this. And... Here's the thing with antagonists and villains. You don't have to agree 
with how they're doing the thing, but you have to understand why they're doing the thing, right? So uh, a, a famous example is Thanos, right? Is Thanos wrong that he wants life and prosperity and he wants everybody to be happy and have food and there be no disease. Like, is he wrong in that assessment? No, he's not wrong in that. It's just his method with which he's, you know, he, or to, to which he's, he's choosing um, to facilitate that end. And the same thing here, Adar wants the, the orcs or the Uruk to live and have a home because they deserve every right to be alive. It, they may not have been created with love and, and they may not have been created with um, the intent of what they are, but they, are, they all have names. They all have, uh, they all have hearts that beat and w- people may interpret them as, as evil uh, and awful, but does that mean they have any less right to live? Does that does that mean they have any less right to live with a place that they can call home and not be shunned? And Mary, my my thought is, he's kind of right. Would you agree? Yeah, he was my good. I know. So I, what I'm saying is, is he right? Yes. Is the way that he's choosing to make their home correct? Probably not. But again, it's the thing. It's what like the the result is not what you would want, but the principle and the philosophy is fair. And that's what makes a compelling villain. And that's what makes a compelling antagonist. Because the 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 line between antagonist and protagonist is so very thin, and that line is is separated by their means and what they're doing to create what both really they're both competing for, which is life and happiness and home and right. Because that's what the Southlanders are fighting for. Yes. They're fighting for their home. And so are, so are the, the orcs. They just, and, and Adar, they're, they're fighting for a home. They're competing for the same thing. It's just the means by which they're competing are different. And that is how we get a chance to understand his motivations and the actions against those motivations. But the other great for me, Mary, is the direction. Uh, once again, Charlotte Brandstrom killed it in this episode. Agreed. Killed it in so many different ways. And it shines most in the conversation between Galadriel and Adar. You think that, oh my God, Galadriel and everybody, they beat the orcs and everything's everything's cool here. Everything is right. She goes to... Be, uh, you know, uh, um, interrogate Adar and figure mm-hmm. out what he wants to do, and and everything seems copacetic until <laughs> you until get, it's not until it's not. But there's a there's an unsettling thing that happens in this conversation that you made a again you may not have recognized at the time, but your brain did, and that Mary is the way this conversation was shot. If you noticed, every angle within this conversation was a canted angle. It what was does that mean? Like tilted. Hmm. And it was Adar that was higher than Galadriel the entire time. 
So visually, not only is Adar higher than Galadriel, so that means he has the upper hand, mm -hmm. but because the whole thing is slanted, mm -hmm. in every shot, in this whole scene, visually that is telling you something is off. Something is not right. Because the, because the direction here is telling you that everything is unstable. There's no flat. There's no level. Not, not everything is on the up and up here. Not everything is above board. Something else is happening here, and you cannot take comfort in, this, in, in the, the firm foundation of everything being level. And that is why Charlotte Brandstrom nailed, nailed this this whole episode. Well done, Charlotte. Well done. So, are you ready for the Fellowship of the Ring? Of course. Let's do it. Strangers from distant lands, friends of old, you shall be the Fellowship of the Ring. All right, this one comes from Suzanne Carissa. She says four and a half rings for her. I definitely like this one better than the last. The good, Aaron Deer. I finally like the guy. Aww. Don't hate me for being slow on this one. Okay. I didn't love him from the start like most, but I finally like him, but it's still not love. I can't really say why, though. I'm it's not sure. because he's an elf. That's They're true. hard to connect good with. Good point. The bad. What the hell with that battle? The Numenorians had zero idea that there was an active conflict happening or where the orcs were specifically... Uh, specifically right or did I miss that somewhere if they did disregard this part and I'll take my criticism back but I thought they only knew there were orcs raiding somewhere in the Southlands I mean maybe it can be argued that they got to the region days before rested the horses scouted and found found the village but that wasn't what the show implied so why were they galloping for an entire day and how did they know specifically where to go that would have exhausted the horses, even if they did know the exact location. And the horses never would have been able to do that battle like they did. Even Theoden in Return of the King talked about overtaxing the horses on their ride to Gondor's aid. But apparently, these are either magical horses with unlimited energy, or there's some secret A Sedai somewhere that uses the one power to make the horses think they're not tired. It's a Wheel of Time reference. I think it's a Numenor horse thing just like how they said like a Numenor man is worth like four fighting men remember that uh yes fair maybe enough maybe the Numenor horses are the same also why did production think they needed to see speed up the uh horses and squash their bodies that took looked incredibly artificial and was so distracting it took me right out of the battle and the horse chase I know sometimes shows speed up sword fights but it's not nearly as distracting as speeding up a horse galloping I hated that whole thing. But the great, the Adar and Galadriel conversation. I don't usually like characters like Adar, but I love what they're doing with him. Mm -hmm. He's given humanity to the orcs. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought that? And I love that he pushed Galadriel. Apparently, I like it when characters do that in this show. Agreed. And this is different than the movies. You know, it's different than what we've seen in the Tolkien universe. It's like, yes. if you're good, you're good. If you're bad, you're bad. And we know some characters who are seeing as good right now will turn bad. And yes. we don't know what's going to happen to the other people. And I love that this is teaching us to um, <laughs> not jump to conclusions. Yeah, and not take comfort in the, in the, in the storytelling that we know. Right. Like there are some things in here that are that are just Tolkien, no matter what, like the U catastrophe, like uh, when somebody is about to die and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, something happens like uh, when a is about to die. Right. 
or Aaron did, whatever the hell, however the hell you want to pronounce it. Han Solo, Han Solo, okay? Um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Bronwyn comes and, and sticks a, the spear through the orc's throat. That's a catastrophe, right? And, and Tolkien was known for doing, in fact, I think he even coined that term. But in this case, Mary, we can't take comfort in what we know in Tolkien. And that is good because that is the show create is is respecting the DNA but making its own thing. Mm. I like that. All right, the next one comes from Roseanne. She says this episode finally revealed the magnitude of the struggle against evil to come and how unprepared the forces of Middle Earth are going to be to confront it by ratcheting up the tension in every encounter. We start with Arendia's clever strategy to trick the orcs, only to find the villagers have killed their own neighbors and are now depleted, demoralized, and outnumbered, must face a larger murderous horde. Our hero Bronwyn is gravely wounded and seems to make it, only to have Adar arrive and make matters worse. The Numenorians sweep out of the sun to rescue in the thrilling battle sequence, and the king that was promised arrives. We breathe a sigh of relief. And then Adar friggin' blows up the entire flaming mountain and Galadriel, the elf who light, uh, the elf of light, seemingly embraces and is engulfed in a cataclysm of darkness. In my opinion, it was a brilliant piece of visual storytelling, illustrating the uncertainty, brutality, and morality of war. The good, Arendir the warrior and stabilizing the influence. The bad, ocean CGI. And the great, Adar, who gave the bad guys humanity. Five mm-hmm. rings. And this one comes from Allie Katie. She says, talk about taking it up a notch, four and a half rings, the editing, the camera work, the music, the character development, this finally letting something like from the Lord of the Rings universe we know and love. Mary, I have to say this too. Bear's work in this episode for the soundtrack, specifically in the scene that we played at the top of our episode between Theo and Bronwyn, Mm -hmm. extremely reminiscent Mm -hmm. of... The, the the as soon as I heard it, I thought of the Even Star song uh, from Lord of the Rings yes. with um, uh, um, Enya? Meg Tyler. Oh, Meg. T- no, uh, no, no. What the hell? What the heck's your name? Not Meg. Not Meg Tyler. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. There you go. That not Meg. <laughs> listen, ladies and gents, it's eleven eighteen p.m. Oh man. <laughs> Liv Tyler, at, at she where she plays. Uh, You're better than me. I said Enya. <laughs> You didn't hear it when I said it. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll even I'll even bring up this 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 uh, song, Even Star, because it's it's important that we we play it here. Hold on, let me. Your electric company may have changed their name, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, my uh, electric company just, did change our just name. Just so y'all know, Rhode Island, we're in a lot of trouble. They are doubling our electric rates. Oh yes. All right, here we go. Here. Oh, I think it happened today. Did it happen today? Is it today? October oh yeah, October third. Yeah, or fourth or whatever it is. I don't know. Third, yeah, third. All right, here's Even Star. You ready? Who's singing? Is it Anya? Tell you what, it's not Rayas. Definitely not Liv Tyler. Although Liv Tyler is perfect, she could do this. I bet. So that's Even Star, and that's what reminded me of the scene. Uh, when Theo and Bronwyn were talking. Now, I know that is an elven theme uh, from uh, from Howard Shore, but for some reason, go back and listen to that theme uh, or, or listen to that scene. 
that's what you hear the entire time. So Very that is cool. that. All right. Got anything else that you want to talk about in this episode, my love? I know we are 47 minutes into this bad oh my boy gosh, already. I took so many notes in this episode and I'm tired, but I'm going to just start talking about it. Okay. Because okay, we've, we've got some things that I need to get off my chest. We already talked about the apple. Yes. Wasteful. Wasteful. And because of that, I will never trust you. And I just think you're a piece of poop. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, I still don't think Halbrand is supposed to be the king. You still think that he is or he's not? He's not. Really? Yeah. Because they're making too big of a deal. The true king. The true king. The true king. Yeah. And you know what? When Adar asks him, hey, who are you? There's a little bit of a too much of a long pause for me here. Are they trying to get you to think that Halbrand is in fact Sauron? I don't know. I think I, I didn't get that. I just got it. Oh, I de- oh, oh, I definitely do. I definitely get that. Oh. Okay. I, and I say that, and there, there's a couple of things here, because Hal Brand said you don't know what I had to do to live. Uh, to he probably kill killed Adriel. the real king. If he was Sauron, he probably killed the real king and took his little his little momento. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But like when he sees oh, he when he sees that. Adar. There's a thing that's going on there. Well, and then Adar says, did I kill someone you love? Did I kill a child? And he gets really kind of crabby eyes then. Right. But then I, I start thinking about it, and he's like, do you remember me? And, and, and he gets pissed off when he says, no, I don't remember you. Like, I loved that power move. Yeah, I'd be like, nah. No. Who are you? But then he does ask later. Hey, I'm sorry I didn't know who you were. Right. And But then Halbrand doesn't answer. So like, when you start thinking about all these things, like, and and he does think... Uh, Adar does think that he killed Sauron. Like I'm sure that in some form or another he did kill he did kill Sauron. Because I don't think he would just come out and say that just for the sake of it, right? Agreed. It just makes me wonder, like, okay, let's just say that Halbrand is Sauron. Okay, let's just say Halbrand uh, he was killed. Halbrand had to uh, he had to come back somehow and and like do like weird stuff to live. Came back, is Halbrand is pissed off at Adar for killing him and be like, hey, don't you remember me? And Halbrand doesn't recognize him. And that's why he's super pissed about the whole thing. So uh, can't you tell how much I had to work out? You yeah. see these pecs? <laughs> I didn't need a cupcake for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm not saying it's the case. It's a developing take. Okay. Are Afrin seeds, what are the major ingredient in aspirin? <laughs> no, it's the major ingredient of the nasal spray that makes your uh, makes your uh, there you go that ma- your <laughs> makes your stuffy nose go away. Go away. Your stuff- <laughs> <laughs> I loved that they both uh, planted uh, Afrin seeds, both Adar and Arandir. Yes, and they both say the same thing: new life and defiance of death. Yep. Uh, I totally thought Bronwyn was going to die. Promise me that we will do this. Yeah. Whatever you have that in a show. That person, Everyone's someone dying. dies. Yep. So I was on edge the whole time yes. thinking Arendir or Bronwyn was going to die. Loved it. I'm happy she's alive, but still I thought it was, I, I was on my, uh, you know, I was nervous. Why do all the villagers wear hats except Theo? Because he's got a beautiful mane of hair. You just let that hair go. What? Why doesn't he and his mom wear hats? Everyone in that village wears an ugly hat. That looks like the bladder of some creature turned inside out. Nobody, I can't, I can't even handle it. Um, Isildur first throws away the apple. Yes. Taunts his horse. Why is he on the right hand of the queen regent? 
So he's up there with the queen regent, and she goes, join your father. And he goes with Beric. What is a stable sweep doing, A, on a horse, B, next to the queen? Yeah. Like, shouldn't he be somewhere else? He should be tending to horses. Good point. Good point. And why does she care? Why does she care about what he does with his father? Like, and the whole thing. How should she even know who he is? Now, granted, they only have three ships of people, but like, yeah, but why, still. why wasn't a young man sent to fight and instead sitting on her right hand side? Yeah, good point. You're not a true soldier. Yep, 100%. You're not, gosh, his friend would have been better up there. His friend who's got all the biceps, you know? Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand why he was next to the queen. Interesting. And, um... Oh, the other thing I wanted was the thing that Galadriel says to her horse to make her horse giddy up. Yes. The same thing that Liv Tyler says to her horse. Yes, 100%. Love that fact. It's like, but in my mind, it went giddy up. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I think that whole sequence is pretty representative of um, the Fellowship of the Ring with that scene. Was Adar's gardening glove... Sauron's glove? Part of me thinks so. Like he still, he wears it as uh, a token maybe. Because it looks like the glove that gets cut off. The hand that gets, like the finger that gets cut off. Yeah. Maybe that's just, just like how the Numenorians have their own armor with pecs. Maybe everybody on the dark side essentially has this kind of a glove. Yep. Yep. That also doubles for digging. You want to know something, Mary? I was thinking about this, and I, I dangerous think, pastime. I know. I think I have a take here, a full blown take, because like, of my gardening glove comment. Well, no, you brought up Numenor, and why only have one glove? It's like it's like Cinderella. Uh, yeah, man. where's the other one? Maybe it's on Sauron's dead body. That's what I'm saying, man. All right, I th- I think I got a full blown take here. All right, you ready for this? <laughs> yes. All right. A couple of episodes ago was called The Great Wave. And the Queen Regent has this vision of this massive wave coming through Numenor and destroying Numenor and the baby that she holds. And Galadriel sees the same thing. And the leaves of the tree are falling right beforehand. And the Great Wave comes and gets rid of Numenor. In this episode, a great wave comes and floods a whole area only to go into the mountain and then the mountain explodes and we have the creation of Mount Doom. My suspicion is that this is the wave that they saw. It's not a literal translation, but it's a figurative one. I mean, after because, a volcanic explosion, there would be some aftershocks heading to y- yeah, but I, the but, coastline. But in that, but the stats are for nerds. What no, I'm saying stats is stats are for seismologists. Is what I'm saying is <laughs> the wave that creates Mount Doom is I may the be wave. Tired, but I'm still on it. The, but the wave is is the wave that destroys Numenor, Numenor, not literally, but figuratively. I mean, it only destroys three ships worth. No, all the stuff that Numenor gets itself involved with and in is what brings the end of Numenor because of what happens at Mount Doom. Or it could be a scientifically explained situation with the seismic. <laughs> I feel like that's 
probably so I, not going to be the answer. Tsunami wave. I mean, that would have been too big to be that far away. I'm just saying. I'm telling you. Oh, we had a friend in the fellowship who said, how do they know where they're going? I think it's thanks to Galadriel's sight. Yes, that's fair. And they, they did they say- knew, They knew the area. You know, we saw the queen- Focus in yes. on where they were going to go. And I bet you Halbrand said, yeah, that was that town, that was that town, then Galadriel could see. There was a lot of fire. They burned everything. It's nighttime and she can see well. Can That's true. see where all the fire all is. All very true. I will say, though, some of the light, some of the lighting in this episode was a little confusing because we, there was like, it was like dark over in the Southlands, right? Yeah, it's nighttime. And then, but at they were cutting back and forth between like the darkness of the Southlands. And then all of a sudden it was like light time when uh, the Numenorians are riding the horses. Your pupils did not know what to do. No, it was, it was like, like coming outside after your eye doctor appointment. So I don't know. I'm not sure if that was a mistake or if they were trying to, you know, make a point the whole thing. Time. I know, but you're, you're, you're cross cutting these two events in, in the implication or it, what's implicit in it is that they're happening at the same time. They weren't. They can't bibbity boppity boo from C. And that's my point. <laughs> that's my point. Oh, I was pretty well under the assumption that it wasn't the same time frame. Okay, fair enough. I, I would love to hear from the nerds what the nerds think. And if they think that they're... I'm not saying you're wrong, Mary. I'm just saying I'd love to hear what the nerds thought about that editing choice. And if they thought it was happening concurrently, or if it, if it was just okay, these are all this is when all these people show up, and then this is the other thing, and you know that's that. Okay, so before we wrap things up, Waldrig, how'd you learn how to run so fast? And second of all, if I was a human dressed in an orc costume and all my friends started to kill me, I would say, "Stop! It's us." What do you mean? The humans that were dressed up like orcs oh, all slaughtered. Oh, oh. I would have taken off my mask or said, Mom, it's me. Like, stop. Yeah, that's... How do you not know that it's humans? Don't any of them scream like a human? Well, he'd he'd have battle and the whole thing. Like, I, I can forgive that. I, I I can. I can I can see past that. I would have taken off the mask right away. And I'd like that reveal. Changed my mind. Wait, so... Wait, so... Oh, okay. I would have changed my mind, switched sides right away. Human. Team human. <laughs> <laughs> Team human. <laughs> <laughs> oh, prodigal <man>. son um, <laughs> prodigal son uh, yeah I really liked this episode quite a bit I thought the, what about Waldrig what about Waldrig so fast well I think it's the power thing that you said Mary I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on board with that okay and the fact it's that it's like Theo, the mushrooms from Super Mario's the, the fact that Theo no, boop, the, boop, no boop, boop, boop. yeah the, or the star that's what it is the star um, he got the star method um, the fact that Theo also recognized the the power of the sword hilt, it makes you wonder, Mary. And if if Arendir couldn't, you know, get rid of it, do th- is this what the One Ring is made out of? It's a great question. Oh, uh, you know, the One Ring we know is gold. So, like, m- you know, maybe you know, it, it may not be. But I'm just saying, like, there. You know, who knows if it's gold plated? I'm just I'm <laughs> throwing that out there. Um, but you know, it's just it's interesting that they describe the kind of power that the that the, the hill sharpie. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, Fall asleep. Oh, I can see that. All right. So you know what? Let's get some trivia down here. 
And uh, well, then we'll cut the. Uh, You're gonna have to make it exciting because uh, my battery, personal battery level, it's going down. Yes. Once again, if you're a new Mary and Blake listener, I am go go go. And then all of a sudden, no, I'm not. She's done. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we didn't skip the trivia last time, I would say let's skip it now. I'm but- not here to skip it. It's okay. You just get that power like Waldrick and you do it, man. All right, here we go. All right, so trivia begins with this. Notions like brotherhood are usual amongst orcs who, when left to their own devices, often hate even their own kind and divide into disparate groups. The infighting is common for their kind or would be without a leader like Adar who aspires for more for his children. Elven eyesight is far greater than other species and allows them to see things at a distance of many leagues. There are some works of the enemy that cannot be unmade by simple smithcraft, especially with the forges available in a human village like Trihar, Tirahad. There you go. Alpharin seeds bloom into beautiful flowers when planted and allowed to grow. By the way, I loved the fact that, I I know you talked about it, but both Adar and uh, Arendir use the Alpharin seeds, and they both say the same things, which shows you that Adar still has a respect for how he grew up and still appreciates certain things of his teachings. Uh, but again, it, it all goes back to the method, right? It's the same thing, and this is a perfect example of this. It's the same thing, but how are we getting it to it? And why? Like, the why of it is important. Um, and for Adar, it is uh, life for the orcs or the uruk uh, in spite of uh, death for, for everybody else and vice versa for Harandir. Uh They may be creatures of darkness, but orcs do not have vision better suited to the night than any other species. They need the torches that they use. Bears music for when the for when the orcs show up and like the, that was the, my favorite the, the, the of picking his music. Yes. Oh. It's called pizzicato. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Orc blood is black and distinct from other species in Middle Earth, especially when it's pouring into Arendir's mouth the way that it was in that fight scene. Oh, Charlotte Brandstrom like once cough again. Cough syrup. <laughs> cough syrup. Um, Though the elves do not succumb to illness, a soldier like Arendir knows how to attempt to heal battlefield wounds like the ones that Bronwyn suffered from. Nampat, the war chant of the orcs, is the black speech for death. You know what's scary? What? I came downstairs the other, this morning. Yeah. And our son <laughs> was sitting on the couch going, Get parcel tongue. <laughs> You're a wizard. He's not going to be watching this show. No. Nampot. Adar's armor is worn down the scars and the blemishes of centuries of hardship and violence, just like its bearer. Morgoth could not make real new things of his own. He can only corrupt and twist things that already exist. Orcs are merely mockeries of the elves. And though it has been many years since they saw a battle, the might and valor of Numenor surpasses that of any others of mankind. Uruk is the black speech word orcs use for themselves, although it tends to apply to the largest and fiercest of their kind. Like many terms for the servants of, of evil, orc is another name people call them. 
First ruled over by Morgoth and his dark servants, then overseen by the elves for centuries, the Southlands have not been a sovereign realm of their own in well over an age. And lastly, Westernese is merely another name for Numenor. There are myriad of languages in Middle-earth, and proper names for things are many and varied. And that is that, my love. That is the end of the trivia. Mary, I will say this. I think this episode works so well because it's focused on one thing. We're not jumping from uh, person to person or group to group. It is the battle. And it is the stuff that goes on between um, the elves and the orcs. Would you agree with that sentiment? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think I'm in on that. All right, you got a hot take? No. Luckily, I do. All right, so we talked a lot about Hellbrand being Sauron today, possibly. But I'm going to tell you this. You did. I know, I know. I'm going to tell you this. I don't think that he is. You want to know why? I've now come full circle. You really have. I've, I'm take retracting. You know, this is what happens when I get tired. Blake has to talk to himself <laughs> I'm, and talk himself in and out of things. I'm a full take retraction. And now he's going to compliment himself soon. <laughs> wow, Blake. Well, you know what? I'm not going to take retract. It's not a full take retraction because if I'm right, if it's Hallbrand, then I'm going to, I'm going to obviously go back and say that I was correct. Because it fits my argument. I don't really care, but you do. Uh, <laughs> you can clap for yourself. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm convinced. More than convinced now. It's the stranger. He wasn't even in this episode. I know. I know. But I've been thinking about it. The people with the hoods, the white hoods and all the stuff and how they like they showed up to the crash site and then everybody's talking about, hey, did you see the, see the media come down? Oh, yeah. That's a thing. He's coming back. That's just the show telling you. If he starts speaking parcel tongue, watch yeah. out. <laughs> I'm just telling you, the stranger is Sauron. And and, he, and Sauron's confused, and he's got things going on, and he doesn't know who but he as is. As soon as he gets his gardening glove back. But something's going to happen. It, it happened. And he's going to get set straight. And all of a sudden, he's going to be like, dude, I'm Sauron. You better not touch my poppy. I'm telling you. And it's only going to be... Um, the, the the irony here is that it's the Harfoots, like the most simple, kind, awesome people, except for Malva, because she sucks. She's Malva weird. All these people are like so sweet, and he is helping them, and then all of a sudden something's gonna turn. He's peril. And he is peril. He absolutely is that guy is Sauron. They're gonna make you like him, and then they're gonna do a switcheroo. They're gonna make you fall in love with him talking about snails. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. That's my hot take. Marvin, what do you think? Love it. Let's close the show out, shall we? We shall. All right. Ladies and gents, we are mere hours away, minutes away, from getting on a plane to head on to Orlando for our biggest family trip that we've ever gone on. We're so excited. <sighs> but I'm telling you this because these episodes come out on Fridays. And on Friday, Friday night, we're going to be at the Animal Kingdom <laughs> on a safari. And then we're not coming home until Wednesday. 
Yes, the, the following Wednesday. So even if we could record, I'm probably going to be so tired. Yeah. And somehow my daughter's going to be Irish step dancing. So I'm just telling you, next week's episode is going to be delayed. Yeah, there's going to be a delay. There's going to be a delay. We, you probably won't see... We'll probably have to do a, a double feature, to be honest, Mary. What do you mean? Well, because we're not coming home till that... Like, we're not. We're going to be gone this Friday. We're not coming home till the following Wednesday, and you know we're not gonna we're gonna be busy getting things done and doing whatever. So it's probably gonna have to be a double feature between the penultimate and then the and then the just, finale. Just don't expect it anytime super soon. No, it's it's not coming. <laughs> it's not like today is the third. It's probably not gonna happen until earliest the fifteenth. Earliest. Just telling you. So that is if you're listening in live time. If you're in the future and you'd like, you're like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm just gonna hit play. <laughs> uh, but that also goes for House of the Dragon too. If you're a House of the Dragon listener, um, we, there's gonna be a delay in that episode as well. Patience, Paramore. Yeah. So Mary is she is cooked. You can always, you can already hear it. In the meantime, however, if you find that our shows give you any value and you it helps, you know, uh, uh, give you more appreciation for Rings of Power and all of the, the weird histories that go along with it, please do consider giving us a written review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Facebook or any podcatcher of your choice. It goes a long way in making Mary and I feel, feel a little bit of love, but also helping other people discover this podcast. And, and not because, oh, yay, it gets in the algorithm or whatever. No, it's just that if, if they see that there's a bunch of reviews and a bunch of people like it or dislike it, it get more than likely... More listeners will give it a chance. I want to thank our friend VuckYM, V-U-C-K-Y-M, says my cousin from Boston. Oh. Okay, well, uh, I'm actually from Poughkeepsie, <laughs> now living in Alaska, uh-huh. but you guys make me so nostalgic for home. Oh. Your shows, every single one of them, from This Is Us to The Rings of Power to The House of the Dragon, are both hugely entertaining and informative. I look forward to episodes of all my favorite shows and even re-listen to many of them. I just wished you'd podcast all my favorite shows. Maybe The Witcher, Doctor Who, any of the Star Trek shows. Keep them coming, my funny and smart cousins from Boston. Oh, thank you. I will not podcast about any of those shows. I'm really sorry. Probably not. Probably I would. I would I would podcast about Star Trek, but I fall asleep. Mary does fall asleep. And I do not like The Witcher. I keep trying. Yeah. I, I wanna like The Witcher so bad. I want to. Yeah. I'm a big Henry Cavill fan. I know you are. But I don't know. I just I'm he's my Superman. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> if you like us Mary, uh, for at Mary and Blake Media here, you want to get in touch, you just email us at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com or search us out on all of the social media platforms. Just look up Mary and Blake. We're there. We're ready to talk. Have hey, some fun. You know what? You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Because we're you can see our travels. I literally just said that. No, I mean like see us in Disney. <laughs> yes, if you're in Disney, no, like, send us a message. Like you can live vicariously. You may be in Alaska. Yeah, or you sure. Can be like that's what it's like right now. See your cousins from Boston. My go to go Mary. to Disney. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to the Rings of Power. See you in Disney. <laughs> <laughs>